Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We are a family on a journey to become more like Christ, sharing His kingdom by expressing His love. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. So it is a privilege and honor for me to stand in front of you to give you the, the first preaching of the year 2023. Amen. And I believe and I pray the Lord to help you to remember this teaching that you will not forget it. Amen. Amen. The Lord visited me as I was driving. His presence came in the car so strong. And then I parked my car. I spent a few time just worshiping the Lord. And the Lord spoke to me. That was the message to me. That maybe it can be also a blessing to you. He told me, Frank, 2013, uh, 23, is going to be the year of shining through total consecration. I'm inviting you to another level of consecration. Because it's going to be a year that my desire for you is for you to shine. It's for you to achieve more. It's for you to advance. It's for you to be fruitful. But the key for all of that to happen is consecration. It is through your consecration that I'm going to achieve all this stuff. Amen. And when I went home, I found my wife sitting there and I told her, uh, when I was driving, look what happened to me. And then I shared what the Lord spoke to me. She looked at me, she told me, Frank, the way I see you and I know you, for me in my life, I've never seen a consecrated person more than you. You are already consecrated. So if God is telling you that, I don't know what, I don't, I don't understand that. What else can you do? Because all your life you are consecrated to God. And I said, no, this is what God is telling me. And I began to pray, to ask the Lord, teach me. What do you want me to do? How am I going to improve again in my consecration? As I was praying, I felt one day someone coming close to me. And then he said, I am Jesus of Nazareth. That word, I am Jesus of Nazareth. And my, I opened my eyes. So I, said, I start now thinking about that, Jesus of Nazareth. So what I'm going to share quickly with you this morning, shining through total consecration, but my, my subtopic is Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. You will understand something powerful there. You know, all my life I, 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 I had the revelation of Jesus as the Lamb of God, Jesus as the Lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus as the Messiah, but I never meditate or receive something so profound on that title, Jesus of Nazareth. Only this year, December, the Lord opened my spirit to teach me Jesus of Nazareth. Why that name? Amen. Like, like Stephen said uh, last Sunday here, that every time you read the Bible, you want to ask yourself, why? Why they put this word here? Why? What is the reason? And the Lord led me to that. All this December, I was studying Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. If you look at his life, he was born as, as Jesus of Nazareth. He started his ministry as Jesus of Nazareth. He was arrested as Jesus of Nazareth. 
He was crucified as Jesus of Nazareth, resurrected as Jesus of Nazareth. All his life, that word was there, Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. So, so we are going to study uh, consecration by studying the life of Jesus. Then we catch something that God is giving to us here. Before we go further, let, let first of all define the word consecration. Amen. Consecration, it is the act by which a person or a thing is set apart or belonging fully to God. Amen? It is the act by which a person or something is set apart or belonging fully to God. The Hebrew word for consecration is kadosh. Can you say after me, kadosh? And the Greek word for consecration, I don't know if I will pronounce it correctly, akazio. These two words are translated in English, holy, consecrate, hallow, sanctify, or dedicate. This is the meaning of that. And, and, and now, we will talk about consecration by studying Jesus. Amen. Studying his life. He was not born in Nazareth. Do you know that? He was born where? Bethlehem. But they call him Jesus of Nazareth, not Jesus of Bethlehem. And when I look at that word Nazareth, I, start, I started to meditate from there. What is the meaning of Nazareth? The dictionary tells us that Nazareth means separated. It means sanctified. It means also consecrated. Now I understand why God visited me by saying, I am Jesus of Nazareth. So I can translate it in another way that Jesus the consecrated. Because he is from Nazareth. Hallelujah. And, and when you look at this word Nazareth, there is similarity with another word. Nazareth. Do you know that? The people who made the vow to be the Nazarites. You know that? In the book of Numbers 6, God was speaking to Moses that when someone wants to make the vow to become a Nazarite, there will be certain discipline attached to that consecration. So the people who are Nazarite, the people who are giving themselves for God all their life, they will not do any other thing. They are dedicated to God. And when you look at that word, the, 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 that city of Nazareth, and the word Nazarite, there is a similarity. Nazareth as a city means consecrated. And to be a Nazarite is also to be consecrated. And God never done something by mistake. Everything from the prophecy to the accomplishment, God has a message hiding inside. Amen. And, and, and as I said that this man, when you look at all the aspects of his life, his birth was announced in Nazareth. His childhood was in Nazareth. His ministry began in Nazareth. He died as Jesus of Nazareth. He was resurrected as Jesus of Nazareth. So this morning, I want to bring you somewhere. What I want you to understand, I don't want you to have in your mind the picture of Nazareth 
as a geographical place. I want you to have the picture of Nazareth as a spiritual dimension. Amen? So I'm using it that way. It's a spiritual habitation, spiritual dimension where I give myself fully to God. Hallelujah. We see it as the level of consecration. So let's start now studying the life of Jesus. Number one, we start from his conception. The news of his conception was announced to Mary in Nazareth. Let's go quickly. We're going to read many scriptures, but I'll I'll read quickly to don't take much of your time. Luke chapter 1. From verse 26 to verse 34. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 34. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greetings this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. He shall and shall call his name Jesus. He's giving her the description. You will call that son Jesus. Verse 32. He will be great. Don't forget this. Amen. He's speaking about Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Which means he will be a king. Amen. He will reign over the house of Jacob. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, and of his kingdom, there will not be an end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you in the power of the highest, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in an old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing, amen, will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Amen. This is the story before the conception of Jesus. The angel came to Mary. But remember, Mary was to be found in in Nazareth, not in another place. Nazareth, when I say Nazareth, in your mind you see the place of consecration. She was to be found in that dimension, consecrated to God. The angel came there. There are three lessons from those verses that I read already. Mary was to be found in Nazareth. It is in Nazareth that she received the revelation. She will give birth to the child. What, what, what lesson are you, can you receive there? It is in the place of consecration that we receive divine revelation. 
Amen. It is in that dimension that the mysteries of the kingdom are revealed to us when you are in the place of consecration. When you give in that position, you give yourself fully to God. Amen. So consecration here is not only the time of prayer or the time of fasting. It's a lifestyle that all that I am and all that I have is for God. All my being is God. And all my possession, God. Amen. Because sometimes when we hear consecration, you think only a short moment of prayer or you go to a retreat. No, it is beyond that. That you are fully given to God. And in that dimension, you can access easily revelation. Mary was to be found in Nazareth. And the angel came. That is the first lesson. Amen. So, the, 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 the higher is your consecration, the higher will be the level of revelation knowledge. The church today, people are struggling. They don't have the revelation of God because we lack consecration. Amen. It's difficult for people to have an encounter with God. And number two, the angel came to announce to Mary, what the angel came to announce to Mary was the fulfillment of an old prophecy. It was the prophecy of Isaiah. So he came to announce to her the fulfillment of that prophecy. It will now be fulfilled. It was said many years ago, but now it is the fulfillment. The lesson that you can take from that is that in the dimension of consecration, when you decide to consecrate, to give yourself fully to God, certain old prophecies, old promises can begin to manifest in your life because the Lord was waiting for you to shift in a certain level. You understand? So God came to visit Mary in Nazareth to tell him about the prophecy of Isaiah, that this is the time of consecration, of fulfillment. Amen? You see that the fulfillment of prophecy is happening where? Nazareth. Say after me, Nazareth. Number three, Nazareth is the place of supernatural conception. Supernatural conception. It is a place where the power of the most high God comes upon you to do the impossible. Because the angel told her, you are going to give birth to a child. And she was, she was not made, married. She said, I don't know, man, how can this happen? And the angel told her, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you. And you shall conceive. So this is the place of supernatural conception. It is in the dimension of consecration that the Lord will begin to plant dreams. Great vision inside of your heart. Supernatural conception takes place when people are fully given to God. Hallelujah. It is in the place of consecration that we contact supernatural power to achieve great things. The Lord cannot anoint someone who is not given to him. Amen. Sometimes people want the power, they want the anointing of God, but the key is give yourself fully to him. You will not be an empty vessel. It will put something on you. Amen. Nothing is impossible. Every project, every business, every ministry, everything that is born in Nazareth will be accomplished only by the power of God. Which means anything that is born from the place of consecration, it may look big, huge. You will not know how it will happen. But no, it will not be by your power. That's why you, when you see people who are fully given to God, they can tell you certain vision, they look like they are mad. So what are you saying? 
No, we're gonna, we are going to do this. We are going to build this. We are going to create this. No, this is impossible. Everything that is born from the place of total surrender, it will never happen by your plan. If it can happen by your plan, it was not from Nazareth. It was from your own mind. But if it's from the presence of God, the, the only thing that can help you to achieve that is the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. So the Lord is trying to bring us somewhere. I don't know if, if we are together. So that is the concept. Before, the, I'm speaking about the conception. To see the love of Jesus, everything was around Nazareth. Let us see his birth. His birth. Luke chapter 2. From verse 1 to verse 7. Luke chapter 2. It came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Quirinus was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out to the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which, is, which it is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth the first son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and led him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Amen. He was conceived in Nazareth, but he was not born in Nazareth. He was conceived from the place of consecration, but his birth took place to the place that was ordained by God. He was even born in Bethlehem by the prophecy because the prophecy said that the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. And the Lord made it happen because it was already ordained by God. The Lord told me that every dream that he plants in your heart, in the place of consecration, any promise that he gives you, it will take place only at the place that he has ordained for you for that to happen. But no matter be how big it is, no matter how impossible it may look, he will orchestrate things and circumstances. He will arrange people so that what he said will come to pass. Amen. You don't need to worry of how it's going to come to pass. He knows. Remember that Joseph did not decide to go to Bethlehem. It was not his plan. This happened suddenly. The decree was set in the country that everyone must go to register. So it looks like that is the decision of the government, but indeed it's not the government. It is God orchestrating things. He wants to move them from Nazareth to go to Bethlehem so that the prophecy may be fulfilled. God knows how to move people. He knows how to connect people. He knows how to create ways. He knows how to frame ways so that his word will come to pass in your life. So you don't need to think about the, the size of the vision. You don't need to think about the key is you must be found in Nazareth. The place of total consecration. I give myself to God. I don't depend on myself. I don't live for me. I live for God. When he found you in that state of mind, 
He can make any way for his words to come through in your life. And God wants you in 2022 to think like that. That I give myself fully to God. I'm dwelling in Nazareth, the place of consecration in my life. I give everything. I belong fully to God. And God will make happen what he said. It's not by your power, not by your strength, but it's by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. And those who are fully consecrated to God, God will always create avenues for them. Let's go down in the same chapter. Read verse 15 to 19. This portion Stephen read, read to us last Sunday when he was reading this part. I said, I said to myself, you know, sometimes when God is, is speaking to you, giving something in the, the family, you, if you have the same spirit, you will see that certain stuff that this one will say, this one also will say that. The certain things will be confirmed. You know that we have the same spirit. Amen. And God is trying to emphasize us on something. Amen. And, and let's read 15 to 19. So it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with, with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all those who had it marveled. And those things which were told them by shepherd. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. See, the day Jesus was born in the city of Bethlehem, they were shepherds there. The first people to receive that news. The angel of the Lord appeared to them and told them, in this city today, a king is born. And they, 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 they tried to find, they went to see where Jesus was with Mary and Joseph. You know the story because you know Christmas well. And they, they began to tell them what the angel told them. And when they were listening to that, everyone was excited. She was so amazed. And, and Mary was not screaming or excited like others. Woo-hoo! She was just listening quietly and pondering on that and keeping all, all of that in her heart. Amen. So when, when you look at an attitude, the first thing is that everything these people were saying were not new to her. Do you know that? Because she was the first one to see the angel before the conception. The angel told her, you will give birth to a child. That child will be a king. He will sit on the throne of David. He will rule over his people. His kingdom will never end. He will be called the son of the most high God. He knew, she knew that this baby is not like other babies. She knew that. And she was so quiet. When the angel, these people, the shepherd were telling them the testimony of how the angel visited them. For her, first of all, it was the confirmation. Number one. And number two, she was amazed. Oh, this thing, I thought that it was a joke. But this thing is happening indeed. And, and other information, I, I, must, I must be serious with this baby. I have to keep that in my heart. Amen. 
the conception took place in Nazareth, the place of consecration. And I realized that the people who are fully dedicated to God, they don't take God's glory. Amen. They don't take God's glory. If it was like us today, and I know that my baby is the son of God. He is God. And God spoke to me before. When you come, if Greg comes to me and says, Pastor Frank, God said that this baby is a king. He says, my reason will be what? Greg, I know about that. You know, before the baby was born, God came to me already. He told me about it. This baby is so special. Look at the way the baby is turning. So she could be saying, oh, this is my baby. She, never, she did not even tell the angel, this people, I knew it before. You see humility. When you reach the level of total surrender, you don't take God's glory. You only, you recognize the goodness of God for you. Recognize that God likes people who remember three things. Number one is instruction. Number two is promises and is goodness. This is what was in the life of Mary. She remembered the instruction of God. She remembered the promises that God gave to her and the goodness of God. And she knew that the Lord told me it will happen by the power of the Holy Spirit. So this achievement is not me. It is the Holy Spirit. This is the child of God. I cannot take credit of that. It comes from God. And when people are fully given to God, they don't fight for recognition. They don't fight for promotion. They don't fight for people to applaud them. Even if they do great things, they are still humble. Because they know it is not of me. It is God working through me by his spirit. Because what I'm doing now, I receive it from Nazareth, from the place of consecration. And it's happening by the power and the grace of God. So all I can do to keep quiet and ponder on the goodness of God. That our God is so good. He never lies. Look what is happening today. He told me about this child and the child is here. And people are coming to confirm this. So all I can do is just to humble myself. Amen. So that was the attitude of Mary. Because she received that child from the place of consecration. Amen. Hallelujah. Many battles in the church today is because people are doing things that they did not receive from the place of consecration. Amen. Someone can go five years Bible school, go the, the, the decree for Bible school, no, I, I want to be a minister, I want the pulpit. So when he stands there to preach for him, I'm preaching because I spent five years studying, I was doing all my research, and all this stuff, so I need the pastor to recognize me, they don't give me the pulpit, they promote other people, I was supposed to be an elder here, because everything that you are claiming, you did not receive in Nazareth. You understand? You are not fully given to God, you are fully given to yourself. Then you see people leaving from one church to another church because they are not given to God. They are given to themselves. They want to fulfill their own agenda. Amen. But the Lord is calling us to Nazareth, the place of consecration. Amen. Still in the book of Luke, we go down. Chapter 2, still the same chapter 2, read verse 39 and verse 40. 39 and 40. When they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee in their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. Amen. 
So after the baby was born, they, wait, they waited for eight, after eight years to bring him to the temple, to be circumcised, and they gave him the name of Jesus. And the Bible says after that, they decided to go back where? To Nazareth. They go back there to Nazareth. And the child grew up in Nazareth. Amen. What, what I want to tell you here is what? When the Lord speaks to you, he tells, gives you promises. And the Lord achieves great things with you. After you see all those results and achievements, don't get distracted. Don't stay there. Oh, the baby's body better left. People are coming to praise us here. No, don't stay there. Don't get distracted. Go back again in Nazareth, in his presence. Don't remain in the place where you are praised. No, oh, they glorify you. After you see the Mary saw the result. The baby was there. The baby was dedicated. The baby was circumcised. Everything was done according to the Lord. He said, let us go back to Nazareth. This child will grow in the presence of God. Everything you receive from his presence will grow only in his presence. Amen. Don't seek for a job. You are praying, praying, praying and God gives you a, a, an opportunity. God opens a door. You have that job. You take now your job. You run away from his presence. You want to grow that business out of Nazareth. It will fall. Amen. When I receive it from his presence, I, want to, I have to go back to his presence. It will grow. The child will grow only in Nazareth. Not in another. God knew that. Amen. Said that he will be Jesus of Nazareth. He will grow there. It's very important. They took him there. And, and you see what the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord, they, they, they look at the child, grew and become strong in the spirit, filled with wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. And, and, and I asked myself this question, like Stephen was saying, how can you see the wisdom on a child? Amen. Like the child is two or three, look at the child, no, no, I see wisdom on this child. How can you see? How can you see? How can you see the grace on a child? How can you see this is a mysterious stuff? Amen. Jesus was, he was a child, but he was growing in wisdom. And Luke speaks about that. It's very complicated. How can you read wisdom on a child? Because he cannot make decisions himself. He's under the roof of his parents. He's a child. You understand? But by the Spirit of God, you could sense on him the wisdom of God covering him and the grace which means that everything that is born from the place of consecration will always be covered by the wisdom of God. There will be difference. If your business is coming from his presence, you will not be like other people in the marketplace. There will be a certain measure of wisdom on that. There will be a certain measure of grace on that. So that this job, this, this life, this marriage, this thing is not from anywhere, it came from Nazareth, the place of consecration. There will be wisdom like, like a package on it to cover it. Amen? So this child was growing and wisdom of God was visible on him. Amen. And you get to understand that the more you give yourself to God, the more it increases his wisdom in your life. And wisdom is very profitable in everything. This year, 2023, you need the wisdom of God. 
Amen. You need the wisdom. The wisdom of God is what will help you to do everything, even miracles. You know when the Bible speaks about Jesus, Jesus was performing miracles, and, 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 and the high priest came, they say, they look at his miracle, they say, what kind of wisdom? They didn't say, what kind of power? They say, what kind of wisdom? Even for him to perform miracles was the result of the wisdom of God. Amen. So wisdom is very profitable. Let now see the third part of his life, his ministry. His ministry. You see his conception, his birth, amen. His, 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 the way he was growing, now let's move his, his, his ministry. So this man, Jesus of Nazareth, before even he begins with his ministry, he passed first the test of submission and humility. Before John, before his parents. Do you know that? He was not releasing the ministry just automatically because he was the son of God. Because he was called to be the king of kings. No, he passed the test of submission and humility. It's what is missing today. We are failing that test. Jesus passed it. Luke chapter 2. I'm seeing chapter 2 of Luke. 51 to 52. 51, 52. The Bible says, Then he went down with them and and came to Nazareth. He was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, in favor with God and men. The day that the, his parents were looking for him, they found him in the temple. So said, no, I, I, I have to take care of the affairs of my father. And then they, they went back with him to Nazareth. You see, when they went back, even though he knew himself, I'm God, I'm the child of God, but he was subject to them. Amen. You, you may carry great calling, great anointing, and you think that you, you are the best one, you are the richest one, you are, you are the almighty, but for a season, God will put you under people to lead you and to guide you. So if you begin to say, no, you don't know who I am. I'm God here. Amen. He was submitted to them. Because he was Jesus of Nazareth. The man was fully given to God. Amen. So today people are failing that. People want just to be, to, to grow in the power, to grow in many things, but they don't give themselves. Children are not respecting their parents. People at the church, they don't want to submit to the leadership of the church. They just say, no, pastor, you know I'm a prophet. You know I can, do, I, 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 I can receive vision. You know, uh, I have my wisdom in the marketplace. I have to do, I can do this. And Jesus was subject to his parents. And before God, you see, because he was subject, the Bible says, for the second time, in the same chapter of Luke, the second time, then Jesus increased in wisdom. You see that? Submission brought the increase of wisdom in his life. And he increased in favor again. And before he started his ministry, he went to Jordan to see John the Baptist to humble himself. You understand? He started to submit to his biological parent and he went to spiritual authority. There are people who can say to you publicly, I don't submit to any man, only to God. Oh, <laughs> you can't be like that. You submit to your physical parent and your spiritual parent. Amen. This is what is killing even many pastors. You see, that? no, I preach already well. I read my Bible. I can pray. I don't want to submit to anyone. This is out of order in the kingdom of God. 
Even if you can vomit fire in your mouth, you still need to be submitted. Jesus was God. He was God. And Mary knew that. That this child, he's my God. That's why she, she, she looked at Jesus submitting to them. She was amazed. And she kept that in her heart. She was sitting all day looking at the child. Look the way he was. He is helping Joseph. He's helping with the wood, everything. But this one is God. The angel told me, he's the child of the most high God. But look his submission. God wants us to learn from the life of Jesus, to know how to dedicate ourselves to him. Otherwise, pride will kill us before our time. Amen. And the ministry of Jesus was inaugurated again where? In Nazareth. You see, his conception in Nazareth. His growth in Nazareth. Everything in Nazareth. His ministry began in Nazareth. He went in the book of Luke chapter 4, 16 to 21. Are you receiving something this morning? Okay. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And his, as, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And stood up to read. And he was ended the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened up the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Amen. His ministry, himself went back again to Nazareth to inaugurate his ministry. Because God cannot release you outside of the place of consecration. He went there and he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Remember, his conception was by the power of the Holy Spirit and the release of his ministry also by the power of the Holy Spirit. There are similarities between his mother and him. The mother conceived him by the power of the Holy Spirit. Him also, his ministry was birthed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When the angel came to his mother, he said that you will give birth. She said the last phrase, you know, let it be done to your servant as you say. It is dedicating yourself. She gave herself. You know, I would not argue with God's will. Let it be done to me. Before the conception, Mary gave herself to God. And Jesus on Gethsemane, she did, he did the same thing with Mary. He said, can you remove this cup from me? But let it be done. According to you, not my will. You can see the similarity. Both of them from the place of consecration. His ministry began in Nazareth. All, all his life. They were calling him Jesus of Nazareth. When Peter, even the, the day of Pentecost, when they begin to pray, they preach Jesus of Nazareth. When Peter went to the house of Cornelius in the book of Acts 38, 39. Acts 38, 39. 10, 38, 39. Our God anointed Jesus of Nazareth 
with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we were witness of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on the tree. You see, Peter was speaking about his life. He said that Jesus of Nazareth, our God, anointed him. Amen. You cannot be consecrated and lack power. It is impossible. Every vessel that is consecrated to God will always carry his power. You will carry something, the atmosphere of heaven. Do you understand? There is a time that people can come together, they begin to pray. By worshiping and praising, they create an atmosphere around them. But the more you grow, things will shift in your life. Yourself, Greg, you become the atmosphere. You understand? So if you step in among people, something shifts because you came there. Because you became the atmosphere. Amen. And Jesus was carrying that presence. It was the atmosphere. His ministry began in Nazareth. And his death. So I'm giving all this scripture to prove you why his life was turning that. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. This is what I was studying all this month. He was arrested as Jesus of Nazareth. John chapter 18, verse 4 to 6. Just give me uh, five or six minutes and then I finish. He was arrested as Jesus of Nazareth. John 18, chapter, uh, verse 4 to 6. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that will come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. And now when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. The day they came to arrest him, they said, we are looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And the moment they said, it's me, Jesus, they fell down. Amen. A person is fully consecrated. You can't lay your hand on that person so easily. Because something is on him. Jesus, even in the last minute, he was still called Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. So what God taught me is not just like a name on the ID, Jesus of Nazareth. He told me, Frank, there is something above that. There's something spiritual. I decided for him to be born in, to, to, to grow as Jesus of Nazareth. All his life was around that word Nazareth because I was hiding the mystery of consecration to show that everything I've done with him were the results of him giving himself fully to me. Amen. And I can do the same with you in your generation, you people today, if you learn from him. Amen. Arrested as Jesus of Nazareth. He was crucified as Jesus of Nazareth. You can read it yourself in the book of John 19, 1922. When they put him on the cross, Pilate came and he wrote, he wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. 
They thought him, no, remove it. You can't write like that. Write, he said, and they, no, 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 he said, what I wrote will remain like that. I already write it, it will remain like that. Because the hand of the Lord was so strong on him to write the truth. Amen. To write the truth. He said, Jesus, he didn't write that Jesus. He said, Jesus of Nazareth. He was on the cross as Jesus the consecrated. It was by consecration that he went on the cross. Amen. Sometimes we want only the palace. We want only the comfort zone. But if you are fully given to God, you can even go on the cross. You can even go to the, the place that is not comfortable. You can even serve in the place that is very difficult. But because you don't live for you, you live for God. Say, I'm going even on the cross to fulfill the will of God. Because I was born to serve him. Amen. It was written like that. And, and, and when you are fully consecrated to God, no man on earth has the power to change your destiny. No circumstance can change your destiny. Even Pilate could not change that. He wrote it not out of his mind, but the hand of the Lord touched his hand to write the truth. He could not change the destiny of Jesus. He was the king. And he wrote it, he's the king. No one can change your destiny if you are fully given to God. Circumstance can come in your life. Tough time can come. But what God has ordained for you will always stand. It will always happen. Amen. Hallelujah. And you see that the strength of the early church, comparing to our church today, the early church, they were fully given to God. You read in the book of Acts, you see them that it's not like they, all of them, they were in the ministry. No. That was a big church. More than 5,000 people. They have only like six deacons. All the people were, were doing their own stuff. They were in the business, in the market, doing many things. But the Bible says they were every day under the feet of the apostle. Amen. They valued the fellowship with God. They were given to God every day. Not, not like once a week. Every day. And every day they were enjoying the breaking of bread together. They promoted the fellowship with God and the fellowship with the brethren. But they were also busy like us. They did not have that excuse. Maybe you may think that all of them were apostles. They were not apostles. That was a big church. More than 5,000 people. Amen. They did not have a, 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 a crowd of deacons. Only six people. So the rest of people, they were living the normal life like us. But they were given to God. And can you see the, the number of miracles, the glory of God in, in the early church? Consecration was the key. But today we are given to many things. Amen. We are not given to the church. We don't sit under the feet of the apostles. We don't enjoy the word of God. We don't enjoy the fellowship of God. And, and you can even see someone telling you, Sunday morning, Pastor, sorry, I will not come because we have a bride. Sunday, sending you the message. My auntie called me for bride. Sunday morning. <laughs> oh no, we have a Christmas uh, bride. We have some. You can see that no, 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 the level of consecration is, is these people are not given to God. You see, they, they come, they, they make plans. Oh God, okay, when, when I need you, I say, I will need you maybe at the end of the month when I pray for my plan, then I will be there. But for now, I still have my own stuff. Fully consecrated, it means that all the aspects of your life, all that you are and all that you have, is given to God. My time, my, 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 my knowledge, my energy, my, 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 my connection, my financial, everything. 
And in the early church, no one said that these possessions are mine. You understand? Even what they possess, given to God. And themselves, given to God. If the church can return there, we're going to see great power moving in the church and great revival. Amen. Our problem is not, we give God 50% of our life, 20% of our time, and we have many staff, so now God will understand we are too busy. And Paul was speaking to the church of Romans in the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 1. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is reasonable service. To give yourself your body. Amen. Give yourself fully to God. And I like the way this Paul was speaking about the church of Macedonia. He spoke about this church of Macedonia in the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 8, from verse 1 to 5. He said, moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the church of Macedonia, that in great trials of affliction, the abundance of their joy and the deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to the ability, yes, and beyond the ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much agency that we will receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saint. And verse 5 is so powerful. And not only as we opt, but they first gave themselves to the Lord. And then to us, by the will of God. The church of Macedonia is known as the poor church. They were poor and broke. Amen. But look, these people, despite of the affliction, despite of the poverty, despite of all that, they even implore the apostle to receive the small gift. And, 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 and sometimes it's so confusing. How can... A poor church have the grace of God. Because we may think, if really the the Lord is with us, if really we have the grace of God, we must see finances coming here. We see prosperity, and then we say God is with us. But the church of Macedon, Paul said that we saw the grace that was released upon that church. Amen. The grace was on. They did not become rich. They were still poor. But because of the grace, they were enabled. They were empowered to serve God. That grace caused them to give the little they had, and they were able to give themselves to God. They give themselves, their life, everything to God, but not only to God. Even to the leaders, the people who came to lead them, they said, we gave ourselves to you. This generation, it's difficult for them to give themselves to their leaders. Say, my pastor, I stand with you. I wanna, every time it's for, for prayer, I will be with you. Everything you want me to do, you want me to work, to serve, I will be there. I give myself to you. I dedicate myself also to you as I do with God. This total consecration. And this church reached that level. Amen. So you don't need to consecrate yourself to God only when you have a lot of money. Not only, only when things are good. Even in your poverty, you may be full of joy. Say, if I die, let me die. But nevertheless... I'm fulfilling the will of God. I am given to God. I'm serving God. And if God sees that you are fully given to him, the grace will be on you. He may not even make you rich, 
but he will always sustain you. Amen. He will not maybe take you out of the valley, but he will walk with you in that valley. His presence will be tangible because you are given. God is calling us to become like the church of Macedonia. We gave ourselves fully to God and fully to our leaders to work together with them and achieve the vision that God has given to them. And the last verse, and then I will ask us to stand up and just listen a song and pray two minutes, then we go back home. Amen. The last one is talking about Jesus. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5 to 7. It's the last one. I want all of us to follow it. Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 10, verse 5 to 7. Therefore, when he came into the world, speaking about Jesus, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offering and sacrifice for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. To do what? Your will, O God. This is the statement of Jesus. When he accepted to become man and to come here on earth. He said, God, you did not deserve any form of sacrifice, but you gave me this body. You made me a human being. My existence on earth is for one reason. To do your will. Here I came to do your will. So this, I want you, I want it to be your prayer for this year. That Father, I could be dead maybe last year, maybe three years before, but I'm still alive this morning. You brought me to 2023. I can stand, I can talk, I'm alive. You gave me this body for one reason. Here I am, I'm giving myself to you. To do your will. Not my will, but your will. Lord, I thank you for this wonderful revelation that you have given to your people today. The key to wisdom, the key to knowledge and understanding, the key to every blessing that you have purchased for us through your finished work on the cross. May your grace empower us to take a step upward and forward into a place of total and complete consecration to you and to your precious will. May you empower us by your Holy Spirit as we draw near to you in this new season. May you give us the grace that elevates, that propels, that longs and desires for you and you alone. Amen. We bless you today. We bless your people. We bless this ministry and the leadership of this ministry. And we give you praise in Jesus' precious and wonderful name. Amen, amen. and amen. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.